Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of season two of the Flight Pass podcast. Um, tonight, we have a, I think, a rising star, Canadian star, definitely, who has had a little foray down into the States at the end of the, um, the season, and we'll, we'll get talked about that. And that is Sophia Danicki, who is a disc golfer based on Vancouver Island and has had a lot of success in BC, podiuming at the TCO. And um, yeah, it, I'm excited to chat with her. So Yeah, she's part of the island sweep at TCO in FPO, right? First, second, third went to the island. So yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, they've got some good female um, pros over there. We're very lucky to have them, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's do a little bit of a chit-chat before we get into our chat with Sophia. Um, sure. It's been two weeks. Any disc golf? Any disc golf? Yeah, yeah, any disc golf. Well, I mean, apart apart from that, have you played any? Uh, yeah, today. <laughs> oh, where at? West side. Oh, cool. So yeah, took it easy. Went out. I think um, Craig and I only played nine holes, but I shot one, two, three, four, five down. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was surprising myself. I was like, holy crap, I'm throwing. And my Good. putting, I did putting league, virtual putting league. So um, Shannon Sanders out of Langley with the yeah. Raptors Noel Women, Women's League, she does a virtual putting league. And so I did that this morning and it was okay. Like, but I'm putting on a marksman basket in my backyard. Yeah. So I feel like I got this extra challenge that nobody else has. So yeah, but other than that, it's... um just been exciting more so organizing info for for it than anything else so. yeah cool yeah and then the big news the big news is that we got our tco dates locked down so i'm very excited about that so i did announce the save the date but i keep on verbally telling people the wrong like three days in a row so um june 14th 15th and 16th in Kamloops. okay so yeah and I have to put in my holidays in January. So that will be the week before that will be the week. My first There's choice. So, so many people were messaging me like mid October, like I have to have my holidays in by October 31st. Yeah. Do you have the TCO dates yet? And I was like, Oh dang, these are the dates we're hoping for, but I can't promise anything. Yeah. So um, the tournament directors got their schedule. The A tier schedule went out to them prior to it being released to the public yeah. and um uh i was able to tell people then privately that yeah okay yeah. these dates for sure so yeah and we'll yeah. be reaching out to all the guests we've had on mm -hmm. played and make sure they're aware and hopefully we'll get them out to come out a couple of days earlier and do some stuff and yeah yeah that, that would be super fun for sure yeah. yeah and it's a really great time um hoping now that we've got those dates secured it is the week of pro am masters worlds in emporia yeah. so i had planned to attend in emporia but obviously i'm not um but all the pros that aren't able to play masters will just have been finishing up beaver state fling the weekend prior so they'll have that two weeks before they have to be at i believe the preserve so um, we're hoping to be able to draw some of them up here on their way out to the preserve. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. So expect emails from uh, us if you're listening yeah. to the show and you've appeared on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we'd like to get 
um, some of you up here and you know do some fun events and maybe some yeah and events. the wheels are already turning for added cash you yeah. know my goal um I, I I'm a big believer in under promising and over delivering so we added 12 or 12,000 last year we'll for sure add that this year um my goal is 15 ultimately I'd like to see way more than that added yeah so yeah but you need to have the cash to bring the pros to town right yeah definitely yeah definitely. yeah or some other added incentive that they can maybe make a little bit of money on the side. Yeah, clinics, right? Yeah. So that's the other thing too. I'd love to have those pros come up here and um, run some clinics, uh, putting yeah. and driving. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, I know Scott's back in North America. I don't know whether he's here till June next year, but I'll, I know we need I'll to fire him in the mail. Sorry, he saw he saw my message and everyone that liked it. When he was yeah. asking where should I go, and I was like, Camels BC, and he yeah. hopped in there and he liked it under both his pages. So yeah. he knows we want him up here. So yeah. it would be it would be fun for sure. I'll I'll fire yeah. him an email and get him much. Yeah. How much does he want if he comes up and does just clinics? But hopefully he'll play yeah. in the and, as well. You know, we've got some great organizations he could work with here too. Cause I know that Scott still yeah. donates his money. And we do have fantastic organizations here yeah. that uh, that he could work with. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the past two weeks for me, we talked about um, last time in the doubles tournament, and I had, and then yeah. the the Sunday that we recorded last time, we played at anchor doubles. Yeah, and, and Elizabeth had the anchor. You told her, told me that she won the anchor. She won. The I don't anchor. think that's winning. Won the anchor. Well, she, I didn't make it. Uh, wasn't feeling that great last Sunday, so I didn't go. And Elizabeth won the anchor again. So, and the, yeah, and uh, so she, the loot, the person at the anchor can change, change, bring in a rule. Okay. And so last week when that I wasn't there, you only allowed discs with one speed discs. So basically the Berg, the glitch. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was putters. Maybe you allowed two different putters. And you guys are playing Mac Island? They played Mac Island, or maybe they play. I can't remember. I wasn't there, but um, okay. anyway, Elizabeth, Elizabeth won the anchor again, and Bill retained the crown. So this week, Elizabeth took us down to Mac Island, and there were four of us. And um, the rule was: so on the first six holes, you had to take the worst first shot. Oh. On the okay. second six holes, you had to take the worst second shot. Out of the whole group? Uh, no, so your partner. So if I'm playing oh. with you, we drive oh, okay, off. Okay, so you did doubles. First, so there was, yeah, we've done this doubles, okay. yeah. Okay. So it's always doubles, yeah. So first hole we played, and then you took the worst drive. First six holes, you took the worst drive. Second six holes, you had to take the worst second shot. Okay. So usually an approach or maybe a putt. So, you know, on a par three, you both got to make the putt. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the third hole, it's the worst third shot. So. Okay. Um. That's so, very cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, uh... so we were, it started off the worst drive, the worst upshot, and the worst putt. And then we, then we batted Elizabeth with these rules saying, well, what const constitutes a putt? Is oh, it circle one? So is, is, it, is it circle two? Um, do I have to be in a putting motion? What if I sidearm and fling it at it? And then Elizabeth was getting like frustrated with Okay, Elizabeth, if you're listening to this, <laughs> well, we you just, get me out to these things, okay? Because we, we just wanted we just backup. we just wanted some clarification. 
Um, oh. You know, anyway. Who was your partner? So, sorry? Who was your partner? On the first um, six holes, it was to Tony Bell. Do you know Tony? Yeah. So Tony and I, we call our, our team name is the DeVitos. Okay. Because someone said we look like twins. And who... <laughs> which we don't so so that came to like the movie the twins with yeah, arnold schwarzenegger twins, yeah. and so and danny devito so we call ourselves the devitos awesome. um and then i played with elizabeth and justin said what's your um what's your team name and elizabeth went our team name is stop drop and roll because we're on fire anybody that plays with sawyer the team name is sawyer not sawyer because there's sawyer <laughs> and there's not sawyer yeah yeah so and i can't remember the the Lechers ours, uh, if Gabby and Bill play together, but so that so Elizabeth, Elizabeth won uh, overall. Elizabeth won overall. She got the crown. She gets the crown. Who gets the anchor? So there, so there were three, and then we have <clears throat> myself, Sawyer, and um, Tony are all on one point. So we go from the first tee pad, yeah, Mac, and throw to the eighteenth green. Okay, but furthest away gets the anchor. So Tony throws a big spike high. So he's probably about 15 feet away. I put mine about eight feet away. And then Sawyer pulls his and then probably ends about 20 feet away. So Sawyer has the anchor, which he was not oh, you, happy. You which guys he, are in so much trouble next Sunday. He was not happy about at all. Yeah, Sawyer's going to be, yeah, come up with he's some. He's going to have rule. some bent up rule that yeah. you guys just watch right out. Yeah, I know. That's, that's awesome, though. That's a very cool way to get um, your mental game in check, too. Yeah. But it's it's familiar. It sounds so. This year, I was supposed to run a doubles, a non-sanctioned doubles tournament, and it timing just didn't work out for all the events we had going on. But it's a six-six-six. So yeah. the first six holes you play best shot. The next six holes you play alternate shot, and then the third you play worst or something. And then yeah. you have a break, and then you and your partner play again. But you mix up the format on yeah. the six-six-six, so it's not the you know, maybe the first ones are worse shot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm hoping to be able to pull that off in 2024 um, as a fundraiser for um, Belfries or for yeah. just the KGC in general, but just the, a fun double tournament. The one thing that we do when we, with the, with the, um, the worst shot, it didn't really matter. When it, we instigate a rule when we're playing best shot, that in six holes you have to use two drives of each, at least two drives from each player. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Absolutely right. Because, so you, because have... you know, other, when you go out on the Sunday doubles, and if I'm yeah. playing with Troy, yeah, but we're probably <laughs> unless it's a part, you know, like uh, number four on Rose, and I park mine, you know, which yeah. I'm capable of, then we're not using any much. You can just right. carry his bag. That's your help, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll help yeah. the team by carrying. Well, he your he bag. can park it. I'll <laughs> tap it in. I'll yeah. just take my putter, carry my putter around, you know. There you go. <laughs> so, but I think adding that rule would be, um, you know, you got oh, to use for sure, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that would be great. So, yeah, yeah it's it's a work in progress. I picked it up off a friend out in um, Michigan who does it uh, every year, and they cool. also will do doubles where um, they'll put six people on the card, and it's just standard best shot, but um, every three holes or every I can't remember what it is you rotate partners yeah then so, <clears throat> you all keep your own score so if you and your partner got a three on that you put a three on your scorecard oh, yeah cool and then yeah so at the end you come out you have individual best scores which is yeah. pretty cool but 
yeah. So just fun stuff like that. And you, you get to meet people and um, yeah, get to know your club members. And, yeah. yeah. It's actually, I was getting, I think I told you like, you know, I'm not going to enter tournaments because of, you know, I'm putting money away for a trip to India yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like now I, you know, I've been playing and I'm playing and I played the doubles tournament with Bill and it's like, oh, why is winter coming? Right. I, <laughs> I know. I know. It's just like I went out today and played with Craig and I was out at Westside and I'm like, I actually have a putt on this hole and I don't ever get this close. I'm like, yeah. actually, why is winter here? Yeah. <laughs> I want to play more now. So I think too, because the season's winding down and I'm not as overwhelmed with stuff. So yeah. yeah. But that's that's about to change. I'm about to enter into a serious six months for six months um, relationship with TCO. <laughs> let's. I'm going to do one quick announcement before we go into the circle. 18th of November, Rose Hill, uh, Elizabeth DeVries. If we should just call this, you know, the Flight Pass podcast, including Elizabeth DeVries. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Elizabeth DeVries is TDing a getting get out get registered. Um, get rated. Get rated. Get registered. When, yeah get yeah. rated sorry getting she's i'm going to edit that out so i don't yeah uh elizabeth is editing she's not i'm going to do it again should i should just leave this all in i think we've lost kerry because she's rolling on the floor laughing oh my god <laughs> um elizabeth is tding a get in get out get rated tournament i haven't yeah. signed up for it yet but i think i will it's 25 dollars. Uh, it's a fundraiser yeah. for the kdgc yeah it's an easy way for you to come out and keep your rating going because ratings come out the second tuesday of every month yeah. and based on your pdga events it's, they're all c tiers they're super the whole idea of a get in get out get rated is exactly that get in play your round go home and wait for your ratings update there's no players packs there's no oh. prizing it's pretty simple elizabeth is adding i think if you're registered currently, you've been sent an email asking if you'd like chili for lunch because there's going to be a chili lunch. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it's uh, meant to be low cost, affordable, and a way for you to stay competitive yeah. and, and keep your rating building. You're not playing against anybody. It's not like a tournament. You're just no. trying to shoot the best you can, which is what the way shoot it should the be anyway. You you're playing the course to just keep your ratings current yeah. and updated. And um, did chat with her a little bit, and I she depending on how well it goes. I know a lot of people are fair weather golfers, but she's considering doing one a month through the winter um, just to keep it relevant for players. So, cause traveling down to play duck golf and over the Coquihalla and yeah. it, it's a lot in the winter, especially with the way the weather can go. It's nice to have some options here that are affordable where you're not paying 80 bucks to play a tournament yeah. in a minus 20 degrees or whatever. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if she does a little bit of feedback, gets a little bit of feedback before how many people. Yeah. 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 It would be nice if you if, like anyone, if you're looking to get in and just have some fun and play the course, um, it's Rose Hill. So supporter, I'm going to pump it up. It's another female TD in British Columbia trying to, you know, do well, set some bars of the expectations for tournaments. And are you, are you going to play? I am. I'm registered. Yep. Good. I'm not yet, yeah. but I probably will. Yeah, it's 25 bucks. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll always come out and support this kind of stuff. Okay. So enough of us. Let's get into the circle. Okay. Here we are. And we have Sophia Donica. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we just talked about your last name and I still can't pronounce it properly, but, um, <laughs> and I butchered it already in the beginning. Um, so for those that you don't know, Sophia, she's um, an FPO player 
on the island. Are you in Victoria or? Yeah. Yes, Victoria. Uh, Victoria. Yeah. And the first time I met you, I don't know whether you remember playing that practice round before TCO. But um, yeah, was it at Rose Hill? No, it was at Mac Island. You were running around Mac. Mac you're, I think we we're on hole ten, and you're running around Mac Island. You know, just for a run in the oh. heat for fun, and then you stopped, yeah. and then you went and had a quick shower, and then joined joined us on a hole eleven, twelve. I don't think I, I, I don't think I even showered. I think I just oh just, just I usually just, get my run in and while people are playing, and then I'll yeah join yeah. them, and then yeah. I'll shower when I get home. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, and that <laughs> that ended up to be a pretty good tournament for you. Yeah, that was um let's see. Now I'm it, that was my first professional eight year, I think. Okay. I'm getting it right. Yeah. I think yeah, that's was, right. Yeah. I think that's what someone yeah. had told me when the scores were coming in and they were excited for Gabby and for um Julie, but they were stoked for you. Like it was your first time playing like at that level, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. That was um that was a really fun tournament. Yeah. Um, just all of us coming up from the island, and then we all were playing really well that weekend. It was very heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I met my first impressions. Uh, I don't not hole fourteen on Mac Island, which is the one that goes downhill. You tee up from above. I think you threw that pin high, and I dream of oh, throwing yeah. it. I I dream of throwing it that far. So um, many people do. Yeah. Is and that then, the one that that was like three eighty five? Did I throw it out of bounds? Um, I don't oh, think was... so. Oh, okay. Yeah. You kind of you tee off up on the hill and oh, you the very... downhill. Okay. Yeah, and, and you then... go down. Yeah, next yeah. to right, it is right. the short little ace run that goes the opposite direction onto the little island green. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you're putting. You you just zip those putts. Doesn't matter whether you're thirty feet away, forty feet away. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was impressive. Sometimes but... it's it's helpful to start off with a double bogey <laughs> because then you're like, well, I have nothing to lose. So um, yeah. I'm just going to aim at the basket. Um, and then once you start aiming and stop worrying about what you might lose, um, yeah. they started going in. Yeah. It was awesome. So that's when, a great mentality. I love yeah, it. It is. Yeah. When did you pick up your first disc? Um, I picked up my first disc during the pandemic. I think we picked up some DX. We had like a DX shark, a DX leopard, and some kind of putter. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the island courses, but we went to Millstream, which is basically yeah. a tonal course in the woods, and it's basically a hike. So you're there's a, actually a section um, partway through the course where you have a, a rope that you can sort of hoist yourself up onto this big rock with, and it's um, yeah. So that's that's my that was my first round of disc golf just throwing at trees and hitting trees and climbing over rocks and yeah we had a lot of fun that's awesome so pandemic disc golfer um I follow you on Instagram so I know a little bit about your athletic background but what do you think contributed to just being a natural disc golfer what is it from your background that um, attracted you and just made it um I hate saying the word easy because people hate when you say, oh, it's so easy. <laughs> but it, you make it look effortless for someone who's only been playing three years. What What do you think contributed to that? Oh, thank you for um, for the compliment. Um, and I think um, for me, I mean, I've, I went to, I grew up on the island and we definitely, we played ultimate in middle school a lot in PE class. So, That's cool. and ever since then, we always had like an ultimate disc in, in my house. So, 
um, in the summer, it would just be an activity. So throwing, throwing a disc was familiar to me for sure. Um, but I think sort of getting power and, and just working on skills. I was a rower in uh, high school and during my undergraduate. So it's very much, you were very much thinking about technique and sort of perfecting a movement um, while, while suffering and rowing. Um, so <laughs> disc golf take away a bit of the suffering and more, there's more throws, right? There's more movement yep. to perfect. Yep. Um, so just having that sort of um, ability to, um, think about cues in, in different ways and um, my partner's a javelin thrower too so he has a good eye for throwing um, yeah. so he kind of watched the pros on YouTube and and sort of watched me and said well try try something like this and so um, I think having that sort of athletic background where you're um, making your body do certain movements and trying to improve the quality of those movements um, bringing that to disc golf has helped me um, have a decent trajectory cool. and you can tell you can tell for sure like watching <laughs> you throw like you you're very powerful in your upper body and um I know you mountain bike I've seen you racing yeah. but I didn't know that you um like the other the other pieces of it the rowing so I can yeah rowing definitely builds your upper body and the strength in the shoulders and in the core which is absolutely important when wanting to throw well and far so yeah yeah. For me, the backhand, yeah, the backhand movement is actually, um, I've said this before, yeah, the backhand movement is actually similar to rowing in a sense where in rowing, you're going up and you're reaching with your arm and then your blade, your oar goes into the water and then you're pulling. Yeah. Um, but in, you want to get length, right? You want to get your oar to have a long stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and same with the backhand throw, you want to have your reach back. You're relaxed when you reach back and then and then it's a fast pull through um so sort of that's sort of what I imagine and what I picture when I'm throwing is sort of relaxed but fast um and so that specific thing has actually helped me with my backhand um the forehand is sort of a bit more of a learning curve for me yeah. for sure but I've figured that out it bit. is for most people right like anyone who's yeah. a natural forehand thrower I'm so jealous of because, and then they're all like, well, backhand seems so foreign. And it's like, oh, it'll come. Don't worry. Forehand yeah. is the yeah. one with your elbow and your wrist. And yeah. Yeah. I have some cousins. They're putting, um, they're working on a disc golf course out in New Kulit, um, on the island, um, which is really cool. Um, but they have some, I have some younger cousins. Um, they have children. And whenever they come, we, we play disc golf here. And one of them is a forehand. He just sends it as forehand so we took them to Leyritz which is a really short tunnel course by our house and I think he got like two aces in his first round oh my gosh um, <laughs> with a forehand awesome. and like first time playing um pretty awesome yeah well I think um and I, I think Scott Stokely said this with young kids one of the easiest things to teach them is the forehand because if you can sidearm a baseball and kids throw balls then it's more natural than throwing it the other you know throwing it that way there aren't too many there aren't too many times that you pull a, across your body and and throw something that way the frisbee is the only thing i can think of off you know um, right yeah so and you see i you know if you watch um like instagram and you know follow any disc golfers you'll see these little kids and they're picking up a disc and they're just flicking it with their forehand yeah. and it's going further yeah. than i can throw <laughs> right. it better than i can throw it with the forehand yeah <laughs> So you're like a new, the new era of disc golf, the pandemic disc golfers, the past five years, even 10 years, 
um, when we chatted with Jen Allen, she comes from the same era that I do, like 23, 25 years ago, we didn't throw forehand. <laughs> you didn't need right. it. You learned to patent pending. So you learned to throw backwards and you threw, everything was backhand. And like she even said in her forties, she's still trying to perfect her forehand. It's serviceable, but it's not anything she would trust off the tee or to rely on to gain the stroke advantage, right? So I right. love that this new era of disc golf is filling their toolbox. Like they've got rollers, they've got forehands, they've got backhands and you need it. Like you just yeah. you just visited one of the most prestigious events for women in disc golf. And I'm sure you, you realized how much you actually need a full toolbox. Yes. Yes, um, especially, I mean, off the tee box, um, having a forehand is really nice. But for me, even more so, if I have awkward footing, if I'm in the bushes, it's just so much easier to scramble if you have like a yeah. power, like a, a form that goes pretty far just from a standstill. It's really hard for me to um, kind of scramble with a backhand, even though I have a good, decent backhand off the tee. Um, even if the footing, if I'm on a slope, like I love to sort of step into my throw. Um, yeah. I need to work on my standing throws, but for me, just the standing forehand is like is easier than a tee box forehand, which is I've found has saved me a lot. Um, tee box forehand is a little unnerving. Easier. Like you got to have the accuracy, the power, the distance, and you're like, this is not my main throw. I know. Well, scrambling is where I try to use my forehand the most as well, or like awkward step outs where patent pending won't cut it. Um, but I'm 50 and I'm still trying to get a forehand that's decent, uh, like to scramble. That's all I want it for is just to scramble. So I admire when, like you say, like you actually, you use it. It's in your toolbox. That's awesome. The I'm going to kind of weave two things together here, but we've talked about the physical aspects of the game. Um, and that we're going to move on to the event that you went to down in the States, you played in the throw pink um, event. Now I was surprised yeah. because I didn't know where you were going. And so I'm <laughs> checking the score. And after the first day, I think you were tied for 10th or something like that. Or. Oh, uh, I think it may be 16th or something oh, like that. Probably. I think you're doing a disservice. You, you had a great, <laughs> great, great first round. Um, was it the, I mean, you had a great showing overall, but the, the first round was, tell us about the first round, because the first round, when I looked at it and saw where you were placed, I went, wow, great. This is awesome. Yes, awesome. So what, what was the first round like, and what was the mentality going into that? Yeah, so round one was, um, it felt almost like a continuation of, of like my playing at BC Open, where I just, I felt really in control, like, I was making, I was confident in the circle, like um, putting. So I was able to sort of run putts and I'd miss birdies here. And then I'd make some bonus birdies somewhere else. So it just felt like it felt good. Um, and I didn't really know how well I'd played until after the round um, where, yeah, when I saw the ratings, I'm like, oh, amazing. I've, um, I'm playing at like a similar or better level than it than I was in my last big tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it felt, it felt good. Like it didn't feel like anything crazy. I actually was like, okay, like tomorrow, I actually didn't expect, I was trying to go for like around even um, as a score. Like yeah. I like to think of sort of a benchmark, even plus three would be like, I would still be 
okay with it. And so when I was like, have, like near the end of the round, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm under par. And um, I think I messed up the last hole maybe, um, but I still managed to, or no, I messed up hole 17. That was the one I, I took a six. Um, but I still <laughs> finished under par, which is yeah. like, so I That's think awesome. if I hadn't, if I even made the island on the, off the drop zone, <laughs> it would have been like a really, really hot round for me. Um, so, but yeah, the, the, it just felt good. Yeah. I just felt normal. And yeah, you were ahead um, of some big names after the first day. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who, who was, who I was wasn't on the checking during, so I didn't oh, know. Oh yeah. That, yeah. The fans do that. The, the, the armchair players. <laughs> we're we're um, checking and freaking out at yeah. home. <laughs> the, who was on your card that first day? Um, so I had Sarah Hocum. Oh my gosh. My memory is so bad. I should probably, um, I, I could go back and check. I just remember I had Sarah on my card that day, um, which is cool because I was actually staying with Sarah and Jen. Um, and, and Sarah and is, Tita. she's so kind and so calm oh, yeah. and level-headed. I played with her before yeah. too. And she's just absolutely just, she doesn't freak out. She doesn't panic. She's yeah. It's she's that, that, that calm entity on the card. So that's very cool. You got to yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, and it was also really nice because I'd played some practice. I'd played a practice round with her too. So I was, uh, you know, when you're in BC, you um, don't play a lot of tournaments where you don't know people on your card. That's right. Um, so we're a little bit spoiled here. I, I feel like it's easier to focus when you're not sort of around new people. Um, so yeah. that was one thing going into this tournament. I was like, we'll see how I play with um, people I haven't met before the entire weekend. Um, so I had Sarah on my card that first day, which was nice um, because yeah, she's she's awesome. Cool. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm blanking on who else is on my card. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. You've come off the course the first round. You've thrown better than you thought you were going to do, um, and then you go into round. Two, I believe there were three rounds, correct? Uh, there was actually four rounds. Four. Okay, yeah. four rounds. So. Yeah. You you must have been pretty on a pretty good high going into round two. Were you were you nervous at all at doing so well or? Um, I was definitely starting to build some expectations, um, which is something I didn't really have on day one. Right um, on day one, it, like I was going into the whole event, like um, I'm just going to experience this and um, not worry too much about where I'm sitting. And then when you're sitting in sort of a really good position there's obviously yeah something there yeah. that you could lose yeah. right um, <laughs> but that being said my round two i i was with an awesome card i had i think cat merch and ella hansen and then um oh my gosh now i'm linking on this i feel really bad i hope people don't <laughs> think okay. i forgot no, but, that's that's okay. no. um but I actually, I, I was, I think I was like under par during for the first for the front nine, um, which was good. Um, but then I just started throwing out of bounds, and the, I think my back nine was um, like ten over. Wow. <laughs> I was just thrown out of bounds yeah. and making not bad decisions. I think I don't think I was that upset. I was just like, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, so it was. Um, it wasn't like terrible. I felt a little bit bad afterwards for sure. I was like, oh man. Um, yeah. So the, there, yeah. there are a lot of players that 
play the game and don't necessarily follow the pro game. Were you aware of, and you know, are you a, a, a fan of the professional game as well as playing professional? So are you aware of, you know, your Sarah Holcombs, your Cat Murchers, you knew all the, who all these people were that you were playing with? Yeah. So when I, yes, when I got there, um, it was insane. Like even just, I, I think I, I flew in on a red eye and I got in on, I arrived at the airport on Tuesday morning at like 8 a.m. And I drove straight to the course to meet Jen and Henna and Silva for a practice round. Um, and just like, we, we like, I meet Henna, I'm, I'm see Jen again. I played with her at Daniel Bow. Um, and then like, we're, we're going to the whole one and there's all these people that, you know, you've watched on footage, just like coming up with their partners and their families, like Kristen and, um, and her daughter were there yeah. um, teeing off and, you know, you're just saying hi and um, you're it's all the just most there amazing feeling. And it's like, yeah. oh, I I'm, I'm, <laughs> guess I'm one of the players. This is pretty cool. Um, it's it's so. pretty was there like, a, surreal. Was, was there a bit of the fangirl there going, oh, my God, that's Kristen. Oh, my God, that's, you know, I know. Cat, I Cat merch. Or... <laughs> yeah, I wanted to keep sneaking pictures, but I was like, no, like, you're, <laughs> you're a player. You're not here to watch. You're not here to like, you know, ask them to sign all the discs. Although I did get some some signed discs for sure. Um, nice. But I was I was really trying to experience it as a player. Um, yeah. And I, try I, not to be distracted. But like the practice rounds, I was just like, oh my gosh, like oh, there's um, you know, all these legends like Simon or wait, Simon wasn't there. There's yeah, Ricky Wysocki was like walking by, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Nate cool. Sexton. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was it was just like so many people and faces, like, oh my gosh. Um, and putting names to the faces too was, was a good exercise. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And and how were they to, because you're I mean, a, a relative unknown to them. You know, I don't you know, if I said to Cat Merch a year ago, <laughs> who's Sophia? Um, Danecki and she would have gone who probably I mean I'm just because you know you're, you're playing yeah. in the Canadian I mean all very welcoming all very helpful all positive yes um, yeah like I was getting a lot of compliments on my uh, on my throwing and during the practice rounds on my putting too actually um, I somehow I didn't expect to putt well off the plane but I was I just was, they were going in from um, from anywhere in the circle which was which is nice for me um yeah no people were very very nice very welcoming and um yeah i definitely got compliments on my distance um on my distance game i think that was the number one thing people responded to but yeah yeah, I, yeah. but they were also it was it was great everyone was very nice well you're there for a reason right you earned your way there so there's automatically some respect for why you're even in the field, which is very yeah. cool, right? It's not just like you just showed up and paid this money and now I'm on your card. It's you you earned your way there by playing well. And um I think like you we we fangirl and fanboy over these disc golfers, but it's so cool. Like when you get there, they they know where they started. It's not like they're so far gone. Like it's not like they've been yeah. a hockey player who's been playing for 20 years and makes $5 million a year on their contract or whatever. And, you know, might have got their ego inflated. These, a lot of these players 
know exactly where you started and have done what you've done and have even gone backwards, right? And quit their jobs and live in vans and tour the country. So there's still this really cool respect level between players like yourself and Sarah Hokum and Jen and Kat, because they see themselves in you. Where exactly where you're standing on that tee box for the very first time at Throw Pink, you earned your way there. So it's very cool. I congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, it was really awesome to yeah to meet all these people and meet them as other people that you know yeah. I'm playing and with. stay with them. Yeah. Like you, you hung out yeah. with two of the greatest like FPO FP40 players that we have. Right. Legend. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had yeah. Jen Allen on the show, and she's such a sweetheart and such oh, yeah. a great lady. That uh, yeah. yeah, no, I I really yeah I really she deserves a huge shout out for for making me feel really welcome that week. I she was I messaged her and when I was like deciding whether to go or not, um, and said, hey, what do you guys normally do when you um, you know travel for events if you don't have a van? And she's like, oh, just stay with me. Um, I'm finding I'm renting like a pretty cheap place, thirty minutes away, and so. I was there. Awesome. I went with her to the course. She introduced me to, to, to most people I met there. Um, I kind of just stuck with her for for a lot of it, um, and it was awesome. Really yes. awesome. I don't know what I would have done if she wasn't there. Yeah. So, what were your after the the tournament? So, what were your takeaways? Um, my takeaways. Let's see. Let's see. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think I was, I definitely feel motivated to, um, to pick some more target tournaments, um, going into next year. Um, one of the takeaways for sure was, um, I think to peak at a tournament, um, I need to play some events immediately before I had sort of a, a decently sized gap. Mainly, mainly I had to pull out of withdraw from some tournaments because of travel and, timing with some other events that I had um so I think um going forward when I have a target tournament I I think before the BC Open which is I think was my best tournament showing to date I had played in a tournament another A tier um two weeks prior um and before that we practiced a lot of new courses so I think having that sort of the tournament jitters sort of worked out in some preceding tournaments um is really helpful um and let's see um i think that was my biggest takeaway yeah yeah, when i pick a target tournament have some tournaments leading into it so you've been playing for three years and and now you're at that that point i think you know um where hey you've you've tasted this and you've you've said your takeaways you want to play more of these target tournaments is more of your life devoted to practicing disc golf now is is this a kind of a focus you know outside of work and family of, of of what you want to do um i think yes um in a sense i think sometimes it can be a little bit hard to practice consistently um here on the island when it's sort of wet and yeah. dreary um so i think for me it's very much like when i'm when I, when we're in places where it's like the practicing is um good and helpful um just do a lot of it um and if the weather sucks then um just sort of get out when we can um but don't be hard on um ourselves for not going out um 
we do have a trip down to California to visit my partner's family. So we're going to be um, playing disc yeah. golf down there, which is going to be so much fun and we're going to get better and we're not even going to be feeling like we're practicing because it's just <laughs> what we wanted to do in the first place. Right. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So that's, that's a huge bonus to have. Um, so that right now is sort of an off season time for, for me personally. Um, but um when we go down yeah. in a couple of weeks, um, things will pick back up again. Um, so, obviously, I have, I do have a tournament this coming weekend, but sort of just more generally speaking, yeah. um, like do November, you, December. Do you work full time? Like I know you just you graduated from university, right? Is it yes with your master's degree, your doctorate? What did you graduate with? Um, I I have my doctorate in chemistry. In chemistry. So do you work full time? Like, do you have to balance a job with these tournaments and your desire to practice more? And the other things you do, like your racing and that kind of stuff, is this or um, have you saved up? And are you looking to do kind of like what Holland Hanley did and and Missy Gannon and keep the money in the bank and just go out and play these tournaments next year? Like, what do you have a plan? Um, right now, the, so right now I'm a, a researcher, a postdoctorate researcher um, at at the university. Um, okay. My partner is finishing up his PhD and probably will be finished in the spring. Um, so I am sort of between. So so this postdoc uh, postdoc position is basically for the fall, and I have potentially I have some other options lined up. So it really it will depend on um, what what I end up going with um, yeah. and what, what offers I end up getting. Um, so it, yes, yeah, we're hoping to stay on the island. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely um, working remotely would, would be a huge benefit. Huge, um, right? Yeah. I was just going right? to say, if you yeah. work remotely, it's as long as you've got an internet connection, you can be anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. So the, the position I have now, I can basically um do my job from anywhere um which nice. is really awesome yeah um so that that might change um hopefully it'll still be flexible so it's so if i had to travel for a disc golf tournament um i could miss a week or whatever okay. um so but yeah no no the future is still a little bit uncertain for sure okay okay uh, I meant to touch on this when we, we talked about throw pink and we did a little bit about that. You talked about your mentality going into it. Um, and we talked to most people we talked to, we talk about, you know, having the physical tools, the mental side of the game is, is just as important. And to say, you know, I'm in the moment, this is a shot, forget the last shot. Don't think about the score. Do you find your previous sports upbringing or, education or whatever has helped you with that or how do you cope with i mean if i was playing and if i if i was ever good enough and i walked in and i was on the card with gannon Bure, paul Macbeth, <laughs> and simon lazart i would be like oh my god you know i don't i don't belong here and to try and get focused and just play that one shot at the time would be you know you'd like to think you could do it but you know how much time do you spend on that mental part of your game Right. So I think at least when I started playing, um, I was doing some track racing. I was running while I was at UVic. Um, and I would, I would get way more nervous for running races than for 
disc golf tournaments. Um, <clears throat> but as the disc golf tournaments have become higher stakes, I've definitely had to play around with with my mental game. Um, I think for me, uh, this this sort of has to do with what I mentioned earlier. Um, I think when I have the more tournaments I play, the the, the less I feel the nerve, especially on the putting green or with the easy shots, you know, when you yeah. need the touch, it's like, where is it? I'm, I can't, I can't <laughs> feel anything right now. <laughs> um, so I think practice, practicing competing is basically the only way to get more comfortable competing because you're always going to be nervous and it's always going to be surprising. The first tournament back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm nervous again because I haven't played in a tournament for a couple months. Um, but for me, I think I've definitely, been, I have a good mental game in terms of um, focusing on what I'm doing um, and not sort of letting myself think about, oh my gosh, I'm like at this big tournament, I'm with these huge players. Like I don't let myself get too distracted in, in that sense, for sure. I think that it's helped being at uh, on a lot of starting lines and, and races where you have to just sort of visualize what, what you're going to do um, and not what other people are going to do. That being said, you know, every tournament, it's the mental game. It'll come and go, right? You just have to be patient and kind to yourself. I like that. Kind to yourself. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. You talked about how you you feel more comfortable when you're playing with your friends. But so you're playing with Gabby and Julie and yourself. You want you want to win. <laughs> Wonderful ladies. You want to win that tournament, though. Wouldn't it be a little bit more, you know, you're seeing either a friend struggle or you're seeing a friend doing really well, but you want to do better than them. Um, that, right, yeah. that, yeah. How, how, I mean, I think you, you always cheer for your friends, but always, you know, yeah. How, 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 Gabby how, keeps making circle two putts circle two. and I keep missing my upshots, <laughs> you know, it's just like Gabby. Yeah. Gabby, come on. Yeah. Hit the yeah. band. Amazing Gabby. But also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm, so I have to ask, um, I'm a huge fan. I watch the USDGC and Throw Pink all the time. That course seems so demanding. And um, is is it as like ominous like as it seems when you watch it on live or post-production? Like when you're out there, is it like, you know, the hole that's stroke plus distance or um, all the, I think about, I think it's going into the back, all the like the S turning fairways mm. where everything's hazard or OB along the sides. Like, how did you find that? Did you, did you feel intimidated going down there thinking, holy crap, okay, this is a huge course. And then when you got there, you're like, Hey, this isn't that bad. Or was it like, Oh my God. <laughs> that's a, that's a great question because I was wondering how I would find it too. After I'd, I'd watched the, before the tournament, I watched, um, last year's footage just to sort of because I didn't have a ton of practice time when I was there so just knowing the holes beforehand was helpful and yeah. I was wondering like how's it how's it gonna feel to me um and so when I got there um the holes they felt shorter than I thought they would be um okay. which is cool uh, but I think is it hole five the par five with the water I think Yes. Um, yeah. We have to kind of yeah, throw over so, the corner or go around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That one definitely felt pretty majestic and intimidating to me. 
Um, and I, every time I stepped up, I wasn't sure what my game plan was. Uh, I was just, I, on the last day, I think I threw two discs in the water on it, but I was like, wait till the last day. Cause I didn't bring many spare discs. So I was like being really conservative until <laughs> the final round. Um, <clears throat> because yeah, off the tee, you can throw a hyzer and be really safe. Um, but you could hit the trees early and make no progress. You could throw a forehand down to the tree on the left. Yeah. Um, but if you burn it over or if the wind is wrong, it could go into the water or you can throw a big anhyzer. But if you're, if you don't commit or if you overcommit, you can yeah, totally miss the fairway. Right. So, and then do you go over the water or do you go around the trees? Right. So that hole was definitely, um, it lived up to um, the hype. And then the triple mando hole, the, the, the um, bamboo hole seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. Uh, that one is smaller than it looks on TV, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and the, and the OB behind it comes up really fast. And so that throwing, one was tight. You're throwing out of the Zuka Lounge, like on a stage with like people yeah. behind yeah. you. And that's new too, right? I was like, how yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the Mando is, you know, on most Mandos on courses I've played, the Mando is maybe 50 feet in front of you. So you're just yeah. trying to hit. You're just trying to hit the hole. This one's, yeah. you know, down the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I told myself going. I'm like, I'm gonna go for it every time because it's just I can't not go for it. I'm yeah. here in the on this hole. Like I, I'm just gonna do it. I don't know if it's the smartest play or not. Um, and I made on the first day. I actually, I think I I laced it straight through and out of bounds. <laughs> oh no! Which is like I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. That was day one, but it was like, I was like, wow, well, one's throwing really well. Yeah. I'm not mad. <laughs> and, yeah. did, and then, did, yeah. So I was going to say, how did you find four rounds? Like, have you played four rounds before that? Has Because most tournaments, like no. I've been to Worlds a couple times where it's like five rounds. But other than that, most tournaments are three rounds or two rounds. So right. did you find waking I, up on that fourth day, like, ugh, or did you think, okay, I got one more chance? <laughs> Um, I think having like the best round on day one makes it feel longer, you know? Okay. Um, but I think it's, I think having four rounds was, was nice. Um, because it's just, you can never, you're in, you can't count yourself out after one bad round, but it definitely was like Thursday was over. I'm like, Phew. And then, and then I was like, oh my gosh, now I have a full A tier basically left to pay three days yes, of, of totally. golf, right? So <laughs> it's, it's pretty long. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I admire these pros that do that kind of tournament, like back to back. Yeah. And like, in, even if it's a three day tournament for them, it's two days of practice leading up to, and then yeah. in their van and they sit for like eight to 13 hours and they drive straight through and did you gain a, a different level of respect like as a fan after doing that for what they do week after week after week yes i i thought like it, it sounds really awesome and fun um but it, it would be fun if it was just you know you, you're playing a road trip and you're you're on a road trip and you're playing all these cool courses and you're seeing in disc golf is life but i mean picture all the driving and, and then practicing but you're not practicing for fun you're practicing to perform well and then you have to perform and and bring your mental game to to that tournament for yeah. three days four days um so yeah i gained a huge amount of respect for them because it's mentally it's 
is really exhausting. And then physically, obviously, too. Um, but but bringing your, your mental game week after week and just something like that and sort of dealing with the highs and lows of a good round and a bad round. It was like after my second round, I was, I was pretty mentally drained from um, sort of trying to, you know, encourage myself. To up, yeah. Right? So like just, um, yeah, I definitely gained a huge amount of respect for um, all the work they do and, and how hard it is to sort of bring your best game like week after week for like yeah. months right years so, like, so getting on the plane on like i'm assuming monday felt really good <laughs> yeah it was monday um yeah i was excited to get home and just you know rest <laughs> yeah awesome you talked about that uh the waterhole are there any um courses on the island that have a shot like that where you have to play over water um sometimes um there's like a there's an old abandoned golf course by my house which is where where i've developed most of my throwing um and there's some ponds on it so we've we've created our own water holes nice. um i think nice. there are there is a hole where you throw over water in the original layout too okay um but nothing to that extent right because in that one the water yeah. lines the entire fairway um and the fairway is not not very open or it's 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 open in a sense but it's a, it's a yeah. long strip so you're looking at it and it's and as it's, those um, trees it felt start different. to grow like on, on tv the trees already look like they're a pain in the butt i can't imagine yeah, they're, they're bigger yeah. <laughs> yeah no i hit those trees um a couple times um and uh, yeah, they're they're only gonna get any they're only gonna get bigger yeah. too. So it's gonna be yeah. yeah. The reason I ask is because I think for most people that would be the most challenging type of shot. Um, you know, there are many courses where you have to go out over and out of a stretch of out of bounds, but you know you're not gonna lose your disc if you throw it out of bounds. Um, it's like yeah. I played I played a lot of ball golf when I was younger, and you know the shots where you have to play over water and you have to put it distance over water. Are the toughest ones yeah. and i think most people would struck if not playing those kind of on you know shots week in and week out would struggle because it's like oh yeah as you said you know what do i do do i try to hide or flip one and go the the whole distance do i play safe and yeah uh, so i yeah i'd like to see more shots like that in in bc where there's some kind of thing where if i throw my disc sorry it's gone um yeah that's, i mean we have just... sorry i said that's hard to to yeah. find like, i'm trying to, in my head i'm thinking about all the courses i've played and where there's water hazards and like the clear water ball golf course for yeah. sure yeah, we have I lots mean... of lakes in bc oh, we should yeah i know right <laughs> well, i mean we have we have ponds in um <laughs> in on mac island that when they're when right. the water level's high you won't get your disc out there unless someone goes in searching you know they have yeah. people go in with waders and get them mm -hmm. um but if you wait till next spring or in the fall <laughs> then you come out and have a disc upstairs and it smells like sewer because it's yeah. sitting in this dirty water all the time yeah. So, yeah, I have a couple of discs like that that yeah, yeah spent a winter in, but, in one of those ponds and yeah. <laughs> so do you have your eyes set on any specific tournaments? Like the schedules come out now. We got the A tiers, we've got the elites, we've got the majors. 
What do you have your eyes set on for 2024 that you would like to go play? If all the stars align and work is works out, what are those tournaments you'd like to hit up? And before you answer that, there should be one at the top of your list. <laughs> Two. <laughs> well, obviously, they're the Canadian Pro Tour events. Um, yeah. Especially <laughs> the ones in British Columbia. <laughs> and, no, those are actually, I know, those just are actually some A2s I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get to in the summer. Um, and then in terms of um, Pro Tour events, um, sadly, I think I've heard I haven't actually looked at the schedule myself, but I've heard that the West Coast swing has been reduced um, in terms reduced. of how many. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as well as Goat Hill, which is was a silver series in the past. Um, it, it might, I don't know if it's still happening, but basically I, I want to definitely do um, Beaver State, OTB, um, sort of the West Coast um, ones yeah. because it will be easy to get to those. Um, and I'm hoping to sort of practice those as a, I'm going to California, we're driving, so we'll, we'll be able to sort of stop along the way. Um, and then, and then I haven't like, uh, I haven't planned exactly which ones, but I'm hoping to do lots of A tiers as well, um, nice. throughout the year. I didn't play in a ton of events this year, which looking back, um, I played in a couple of small ones in the spring. Um, and then obviously, um, the A tiers that I did over the spring and summer um but i'm hoping to play just play more events next year um and just, just space them out in the so you're have, saying you wanted to do yeah. events leading up to key events exactly. so beaver state fling is the week yeah. before tco and tco yeah. is the week before bc open or two weeks before bc open so there's this really good lead up to bc open for you and definitely um yeah it'll be very cool and then of course we've got um harvest hawk in september is an a tier yeah i yeah that was one i was really excited to play and then i couldn't get any uh flights that would uh, the flight to throw pink i had to yeah. withdraw from the tournament which was a bummer but it looked like an awesome time so i, I definitely want to make it out um in Sweet. 2024 awesome yeah. we know where the canadian nationals are being held next year no they have uh they're still accepting bids until the end of the month so it hasn't been announced okay. yet Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. That would also be an awesome one. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um I did uh before we came on air, I told you about some questions that we have for you. Um and I, you probably haven't thought had time to think about them. But it <laughs> what would your um well the first before we get into those, uh I was gonna ask, are are you sponsored by anybody? Uh no, I'm not right now. Oh well I know. Yeah, that's if you know anyone. Yeah. Are you do you have a, a good word. <laughs> do you have a company or a manufacturer you would like to be sponsored by? Um, I think um I mean I Innova I throw a lot of Innova discs, um, but I have a really mixed bag and I throw some MVP as well. Um yeah. and I like the chemistry theme with MVP. So um yeah. that would be really awesome as well. But did um, you put a did you put a bug in Sarah's ear? I didn't actually. Because um, do you know that she's also a chemistry? She's a high school chemistry teacher. That's what I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe I that is what that. she she is. She's a math or chemistry oh teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Put a bug oh. in. Put a bug in Jen's ear. That's right. I have. Yeah. You have. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> and we'll see. I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. So well, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I'm gonna be. Well, Jen or Sarah, here, but... if you're listening, this yeah. girl needs a sponsor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And also, I'm going to say to Bobby Brown. Yeah. At Clash Discs. Now, I don't know whether you listen okay. to our Clash Discs, uh, their bag policy. If they sponsor someone, you don't even have mm-hmm. to throw one of their discs. Oh, really? They believe that if we, like, they'll work with you to find a disc that, um, that you can throw, but they don't, they want, they want Clash Disc people to be successful. So they have an open bag policy. Now, I believe everybody okay. that signs them has discs that they throw from Clash Discs on they there. But, they, but the but thing they, is, if you, if you have to put a, Innova Valkyrie in your bag, they want to develop a disc that would replace your Innova Valkyrie. Yeah. So that's they awesome. need to be successful. So, yeah. yeah. No, maybe I'll, I'll reach out to them. So yeah. you're, you're not like the other um, island ladies and throwing Castaplast. I Oh, well, I have thrown. I, I do a lot of Grimaxes. Um, and, oh, I, I throw the bird, the bird obviously. Yeah. Everybody should have a bird in it, the bag. Yeah, I think the bird is, yeah. That might be my one disc round disc. Spoiler. Oh, oh, there you go. Question answered. But it depends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let, let's get to those questions then. Um, first question is your dream card. And this can be friends, it can be pros, or you could come up with two cards if you want. But the, the four the three or four other people you would like on your dream card. Okay. Three or four other people. Yeah. So you can go in and uh, you and three or four others. Okay. Um, I think, uh, well, I think the most, I like to, I like lighthearted and, and fun. So I think I would go with uh, Owen Scoggins, uh, cat merch. She's goofy. Um, and then Ella's also, I get along really well with Ella. Um, I think those three with that, that would be a really fun card for me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Own and, own tends to be on everybody's yeah. card. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She's just so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. My dream card, I think we've talked about it doesn't have any F uh, MPO players on it. I'd rather go out with <laughs> own Scoggins, Jen Allen and uh, Zoe and Dyke, because I think that would just be a fun card. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. There's, yeah. I mean, there's so many amazing yeah. combinations of cards out there. It's sort of a, a mean question because it if, is, I, yeah. if I spent time thinking and swapping players out, I would make an equally good card. So, Gab is going to be phoning you after she's heard this or texting you and saying, How come yeah. I'm not on your dream card? <laughs> Gabby and Julie, you are also on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we played together too much. I know. No, yeah. Just there you go. You need to mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you you gave it. You said possibly the Berg would be your one disc round. Possibly. Yeah. So okay. So uh, describe the course to me. Okay. Let's say. Okay. Here, I'll give you an example here. We're hoping one day to have a flight pass single disc golf tournament with people that appeared on the show. Now, okay. so Thomas Gilbert, you have to putt, do everything. Thomas Gilbert picked a destroyer. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Nate picked his um, Firebird, I believe. Scott Stokely, I think, picked the Berg. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Got he loves his Berg. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I can't remember what uh, Missy picked. Joe. Oh, Missy. No, Missy picked a Thrasher, I think. A Thrasher. What did Joe yeah. pick? Ooh. Joe picked the buzz. I I think a buzz. I think so. And what we yeah. said was basically it would be at Mac Island. So you played yeah. Mac Island. So think of a course like Mac Island. 
grass, some willow. Just There's no wind. It's sunny. It's warm. We got perfect weather conditions. What's the one disc you're throwing on those style of holes? Okay. Um, <laughs> I would say I would pick my passion. Nice. Nice disc. Okay. Yeah, I potentially buzz, but um, the passion is it goes so straight. So yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. Just out of interest, how far can you throw your buzz? Um, probably three forty, but it depends. Like it, I, I depends on the tournament. Some tournaments, if if the I'm just watching Clive's face while you say this. I just my guy. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like I'm just unbelievable. Three forty with a buzz. That thing's like a, a, lead, a lead weight. Uh, not a buzz. Uh, no, sorry, a berg. Like the, a berg. Like the wind is favorable. Oh, bird. Oh, I meant a berg. Sorry, oh. I'm going. Oh, I get. Yeah, but so we're talking about Joe. Okay, I'll cut all that out. How far? Because I'm going three forty with a berg. No, don't cut that out. Three forty with a berg. Don't cut that out. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, how far can you throw your no, berg? No, no, my berg. Okay, I think probably more like two hundred. Okay. <laughs> That makes me feel um, a little bit better now. Yeah. Because I'm going 340 with the Berg. Who is this person? No, you said no. Buzz. Maybe I like, said I said Buzz. I'm, I'm just like 340 with a Buzz. I can't even oh, right. a high speed <laughs> yeah. driver. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's What's the favorite course you played? Um, let's see. I think I would say um, Sheldon Spring. Oh, and I I haven't heard of that. So where was okay. that? Okay, that course is a Silver Series. There, um, it's basically um, near Olympia in Washington. Okay. Um, I think Cat Merch won that tournament last year. Um, and it's in these beautiful pine trees. It's hard. It's long, but also wooded. So lots of is that kayak and, and it smells of those pines. Pardon. Wasn't there one? No, was it called Kayak Point? Is another disc golf yeah. resort, but there's another area in there. Like I hadn't heard the name of that course either, but they called it something else for the Silver Series. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's both technical mm. and long. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically yeah, yeah. Wow. Most of the tee boxes you can't see the basket. <laughs> wow. Because of trees and and it's, I I think it's like. Yeah, a bunch of like Ca 400 cascade foot something. Parking. Cascade. Cascade. Yeah, I think that might that might be the tournament that it was. At. Yeah, that was the tournament. Cascade yeah. Challenge. Cascade. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you maybe. haven't you haven't played Milo McIver yet. Um. Know. That. So that one would be my yes. So I stopped there, and I've played a few holes of it. But I haven't played the whole course, so I can't say it's my favorite yet. Okay. Because I think that's, yeah, that's sort of on my. Um, we're yeah. gonna play it on the way down, I think. Sweet. I can't. I'd love. I can't wait to see. I follow you on social media, and I hope you put some stuff up because. Um, okay. My very first time I played Worlds was there, and yeah, I remember I was sucking so bad, like it was awful. Wow. And I remember I threw my my T bird, off one of the tees and. It was beautiful. It was going down the fairway and the wind lifted it, lifted it, lifted it, and it hit a tree and it stayed in the tree. And oh. I just remember stepping off the tee pad and walking down the fairway and just the tears just started to roll. Like I was just so mad and in I couldn't be in the moment. And I got to the basket, which was like in this grove of trees and it had just rained and the sun was shining down and it was coming through all the mm -hmm. moss. And 
I remember getting there and looking up at these through these towering trees and just being like, I feel like I'm two inches tall in like a forest of like where fairies and gnomes should be. And it was in that at that time that I realized like I'm not in the moment. And it was so beautiful. And I just spent the rest of the time just enjoying it and having fun. Yeah. But it is honestly like a bucket list. Like I know Eagle McMahon never misses it, no matter what, whether it's an A, a tier or um, silver or whatever it is, because it's his favorite course on tour. You're going to love it. It is absolutely amazing. I'm so really beautiful. excited. Yeah. 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 I, it'll be good to yeah practice it. And then I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping to play yeah the tournament there too. Awesome. Sweet. You're going to love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, do you have a bucket list, list course? One that you anywhere in the um, world bucket list yeah um i i don't i don't i'm really bad with course names um but i think that the where do they do the um the the start of the year they did that challenge in colorado didn't they at altitude or um the the they do the 303 out there um are you talking about the all-star challenge or yes that was in yes, Tucson. Was that... oh, in okay, well, that course looked really awesome. I, yeah, think, a... I think doing some more mountain mountain elevation courses would be awesome because I've played three blind mice, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I really love that course. So um, courses where you're up high and you've got views. Um, well, think... how about throwing uphill though? You have any issues? You you have the power to do that, but you just throw light and flippy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but I do I, when I'm throwing uphill on Hanheiser. That's usually when I get some kind of my angry shoulder or something <laughs> for a few days. So um, uh, that, that's my kryptonite: an uphill, like a steep uphill shot. I'll throw it a perfect flat shot into the mountain. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it worth, it's worth it for the downhill shot, right? Yeah, it, that's it, right. it is. Yeah, I'm downhill. I love the downhill shots. Yeah, that's right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Is there anybody you want to give a, a shout out to? And how can people um, follow you and, you know, watch you succeed? Yeah, well, uh, I I post some disc golf content on my on my Instagram, just my name. Um, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd like to give a shout out to, obviously, um, Gabby and Julie here in Victoria, um, as well as my partner, Brett, um, and uh, Gabby's partner, Phil, um, sort of disc golf family here that we keep each other going in the winter months um and then jonathan henderson Brett's younger brother down in california who i'm excited to play with in in a couple weeks um yeah big shout out to these guys for making the game really fun awesome that's important it's important to have yeah. those yes, people that fun is number one rule like exactly yeah it is my yeah. my high school volleyball coach was like i didn't play i played it for like one semester but he was always like, remember the number one rule, right? I think that's something a lot of people say. And yeah, it's there's so many layers to it that are all true. That's why we start sports is because we enjoy it and it's fun, right? Yeah. And the competitive exactly. edge comes in and that monster seeps in and you start to get angry because things are going right. And you're like, why did I do this in the first place? Right. It was fun. Yeah. No, it's it was the fun. secret to the mental game is, yeah, funness. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, well, have a great time down in California. Enjoy Thank it. You. Enjoy the whole trip. That just be in the moment and love those courses because they're amazing. 
And if Thank we don't, yeah. if, we, if we don't touch base or anything before um, the holidays, have an amazing holiday with your family too. Yes, uh, you guys as well. Thank you for so much for having me on here. Thanks for being on here, and good luck um, next season and in the off season. Hope to see you at TCO in June. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, okay. Sophia. Take care. Okay, thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Right. Right. Well, Bye. It's amazing how. Sophia's come into the game. I'm not sure what her age is, but you doing know. do school math. She's got to be in her late twenties, maybe yeah, I would think heading so. into thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, and... I say school math because she's got her PhD, right? So yeah. you start yeah. figuring out the age of graduation, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, late twenties into the sport, an obvious athlete. She runs. She mountain bikes. She rode, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think she'll be, I mean, successful scholar, successful athlete. But it's I, nuts because, yeah. like I just said to you earlier, um, like Kristen's 30. And yeah. is Kristen peaking? Or is she going to finally be challenged by some of these up-and-comers? Like at some point between age and injury, like page is 32, has she peaked? She's well, still going to win a couple, but like these girls are entering in their late twenties, but they're in ultimate peak condition. So I, how yeah. long do they have in the sport before those 19 and 20 year olds? Like, you know, this well, is, this is the crazy part. This has never happened in disc golf no. before. I, th like, I think because Paige started so young, I'm not sure yeah. when, when Kristen started, but Kristen Paige started has in 20, 2015 or 2014, yeah. like not too long ago. Yeah. So, but, Paige has the wear and tear of the tour for a long time. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you play a sport for a longer time and you're, the repetitive motions that you're doing, they help yep. you make, get you st stronger. But at a certain point, those muscles and tendons wear down. Absolutely. Um, and you think about, so, and, and not only just that, but so you think Jen and Sarah, who are in their 40s, you got Katrina Allen, you've got page all these girls that we saw like rebecca cox you can throw her in there too like in the past 10 years when the payouts weren't what they are now these girls were grinding the tour they weren't missing weekends they weren't yeah. taking a week off to go home or two weeks off to go home they had to play every single tournament that came down the pipe to pay the bills because they didn't have tournament or manufacturer sponsors like they do now and they didn't have payouts like they do now so the, the injuries on these 30 something players that have been in the sport for 10, 15 years yeah. are way more than what they're going to be on, yeah. say, Sophia. Yeah, who definitely. Comes in playing really well. Can she, you know, if she could have kept her round one together for three rounds, she would have cashed yeah. decent cash yeah. at Throw Pink. So, you know, it's, there's this, like, I, I call it the new era of disc golf. And I say that because I've been around for so long, but it's true. There's stuff happening now that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. Yeah. I think also, I think, well, it's two or three things, but I think what will happen with Paige is she would, she, when she's fully healthy, um, she'll start picking and choosing the tournaments and be more selective about where she wants to go. I don't think it'll be a full out, like I'm going to grind it every weekend. I and think it's going to depend on what happens. You said Paige, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's a, she's a free agent at the end of the season. 
Yeah. And so she sells discs still. She has a following. She's growing yeah. the sport. She's doing things community wise. She's connecting with her local community. Um, she's connecting grassroots. I think Discraft would be stupid to get rid of her. I think they'd be stupid not to keep her at the pay scale she's at or not, if yeah. not give her more money. Yeah. But I don't, you're right. I don't think she's going to be the person that is out on the road for 32 events a year. And, um, you know, she's, she's moving into that next, that next yeah. stage of disc golf. Well, uh, like, the same way. I, I would right? argue like Simon. Yeah. Simon signed a 10 year contract. Now he's not going to like, I love Simon. He's an awesome golfer, but for him with the, the young guys that are coming up, yep. he's not going to be, he might have, you know, in two, three years, enter worlds and have a blinding and win worlds, but he's not going to be the consistent winner on tour and the player. And maybe even sometimes I think you saw it, you know, he'll top 10 sometimes he'll podium yep. sometimes, but he might, you know, be 20th or 30th, but he got his big contract because of who he is. He sell like, He's a, a Simon disc comes out and people want it. It's gone. Yeah. And I have and, this term for, for like Simon page, Katrina Allen, uh, big germ. Um, the players that have a presence in the sport that aren't necessarily hitting the top of the podium every week anymore, yeah. or haven't like, uh, you can throw Nate Sexton in there, Paul Ulibarri, they're career disc golfers. They've yeah. made a career whether it be in media, um, clothing, Coaching, yeah. giving back, disc sales, vlogging, whatever it is, they've made a career out of golf. And I think that's where Paige's next stage is going to be. And and in in some form, it already is. Like, yeah. she shares what she does on the off-season. And, um, you know, she's got the music, the festivals, and the run of discs that came out with that. Yeah. So it's going to be really... I'm excited. Like, I don't think I've been as excited. I say this every year that for the past three years through the pandemic as new golfers were hitting and I'm excited. I'm really excited for 2024 for people like Sophia yeah, and people like our young 16 year old girl that hit the scene this year who doesn't have a sponsor, who doesn't have social media. Her name has fallen out of my head, but she can throw a mile. She's got red yeah. curly hair. She's super. Oh, yeah. 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 I you know what I'm about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got her at 16. And we've got Sophia, okay. we're doing school math in her late 20s, both hitting the scene in the same year. Like, yeah. where, where's our sport going to take these athletes? Like, they're coming into the sport now as athletes. They're and not I coming into the sport as disc golfers and then being like, holy crap, I got to hit the gym and start yeah. working out to keep up. So, and I think, I think Sophia has a better chance of being immediately successful than a 16-year-old who can bomb it. They have so much more life experience. And exactly. have had and have dealt with so many more challenges already, whether yeah. that be in other sports or whether that be, I mean, you have to be disciplined to get your master's and your PhD. Absolutely. Um, and she has a background in, in sports where, um, you know, running, you're on the, you're on the start line. And like yeah. she said, get the nerves and yeah. it, it's a solo sport, right? It's yeah. you against the clock, whereas golf is you against the course. Yeah. So yeah, Sophia, I think, I don't think the mental game is going to be a problem for her as she gets going and plays more tournaments and more high caliber tournaments. So um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting year just yeah. to follow these, these, these players like that yeah. are passionate and, and into it. And as well as follow the Sarah's and the Jen's and the Katrina's yeah. and the pages and see where their next step is in the sports as well. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, very cool. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And I, you know, we'll have this conversation too about men's golf eventually. We're gonna yeah. hopefully have a few guests lined up here that will allow us to lead yeah. into the same conversation, right? So, yeah. but for women's golf, I really, I think 2024 is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so that was our chat with Sophia and our little wrap up there. Um, we'll see you in another two weeks where we'll have a guest and um, yeah, and hopefully some more exciting news for you about disc golf in BC and Canada. Thanks, Kerry. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Okay.